Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the D2 Nation podcast. It's been a while, but we're glad to see you back. And someone I'm very glad to see back is the one and only Bethany Bowman. Welcome back, partner. How have you been? Hey, Wayne. Good to be back. And it's, you know, not been as fun with uh, a life without the D2 Nation podcast, but I know we both got really busy with our respective jobs and our life in sports. Of course, we love doing this D2 podcast as a little side gig, we call it, but, uh, you know, we both love it. We do it for, um, you know, just out of the good of our hearts and to cover D2 sports. And I'm just really glad that we're back and uh, excited to get, get rolling with our first guests. Yeah, it's been, sheesh, it's been almost six months. So real quick, before we start with our guests this season, we just want to remind you who, you, who we are and what you're going to see uh, over the season. Um, we're your co-hosts, obviously. Uh, and if you're new to the show or just plain forgot, I'm Wayne Cavati. I've been the D2 sports lead um, at Turner Sports since 2016. And I started this podcast last year and somehow convinced Bethany Bowman to come along with a quick yes uh, for the ride. And she's been here every, ever since. So Bethany, just remind everyone who you are. Yeah, well, kind of, again, like I said earlier, uh, we just love D2 sports. And that's what made the yes so easy for me. Being a former D2 student athlete at Emporia State, so, you know, you may hear on this podcast a little bit of Hornet bias, a little bit of MIAA bias. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I try to keep it to a minimum, but, um, you know, went there, did track and field, grew up in Emporia, actually. And then um, after that, was fortunate enough to be hired by the MIAA to be the conference correspondent and host of their MIAA 360 show. So got really close with all the coaches, athletes in that conference, but it's been so much fun getting to expand that that role with this podcast get to learn about all the you know Ferris States and Lenore Ryans and the Grand Valley States of the world and just so many great student athletes and coaches all across the country in D2 sports yeah yeah and uh one thing I'm gonna make her blush a little bit here because after we stopped recording last year the this person sitting next to me was named the 2022 KWCA Media of the Year, which was a great honor, and I was so proud of her. And I know you're too humble to admit that, but um, you know, let's give her a congratulations. We never got to give you one last year. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how I uh, ended up with that in my lap, but was very fortunate to uh, to receive that, and just felt really honored here in the state of Kansas, where I, I live and reside, to uh, to be honored like that. So thank you. Yeah, you should be very proud of yourself. But um, that's us in a nutshell. We've had the Jared Bernhards, the Josiah Grays, the D2 football champions, the D2 basketball champion, Trevor Hudgens, Diego Bernard, and Coach Mack on. We've had them all. And the D2 baseball champions with uh, Coach Landon Powell and John Michael Fell. Um, that's what you'll get. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on YouTube. We're everywhere you want to be. But right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with our first guests of the season. Welcome back, folks. The D2 Nation football season is upon us, and it's been an interesting start, especially in the GLIAC, where the top two teams in the nation sit. Joining us today is Grand Valley State football's head coach, Matt Mitchell, and starting quarterback, Cade Peterson. Welcome to the nation, guys. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you on. Uh, we'll get to the, the start of your season uh, in a little bit because it's definitely one to talk about. But what we like to do here is we always like to start at the beginning because it, it's a good place to start. So, Cade, um, you know, looking at your accolades from high school, I'm sure you had plenty of uh, phone calls when it was time to, to go to college. What brought you to Division Two and Grand Valley State in particular? Yeah, um, you know, recruiting is like a 
a little bit different of a journey for everybody. Um, but when it, you know, pertained to me, uh, the biggest thing that drew me to Grand Valley was uh, just the honesty and the trust that I felt I was already building with the coaching staff um, through a recruitment process. Um, I didn't feel like they were telling me things that I just wanted to hear. Um, and, and they tell you from the start that, you know, everything that you get um, here is is earned. And that was a challenge that, you know, I wanted. And a lot of the guys in the locker room choose to embrace. And that's why they choose to go to Grand Valley. So that was the biggest thing. Obviously, you know, this is the success of the program and, and all that speaks for itself. But that was definitely the biggest draw for me. How about that stadium? That must be a nice little draw to get. To it, it is a nice venue. It is a nice venue. You can't can't lie about it. But but yeah. <laughs> for you, coach, you've been here a while, starting as an assistant in those back to back title years back in 2005 and six. And as a former college ball player yourself, how did you land at Grand Valley State? It was really about relationships. You know, uh, when Brian Kelly was departing Grand Valley State after winning a national championship in 2003 and moving on to Central Michigan University, uh, one of the coordinators on staff, Chuck Martin, took over as the head coach. And I had uh, never really worked with Chuck Martin, but we had some mutual connections in the profession. And I had been coming to Grand Valley and clinicking uh, with Chuck Martin. And so when Chuck was elevated to be the head coach in 2004, you know, I was hired on and, and eventually was the defense, his defensive coordinator. And like you said, we had... Couple of great years there in 0506. They made a run to the championship in 09. And then shortly after that, Brian Kelly just got hired at Notre Dame and he called up Chuck uh, to join him down at the University of Notre Dame. And I was promoted to be the head coach in 2010. So, uh, you know, just reflecting back upon it, it's been, you know, 19 years it's gone like this. Um, you know, and it's been, it's, it's been a great ride here. Six as assistant, 13 as a, as a head coach. And um, yeah, so that was kind of the genesis and the start, just relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, you're in that we're going to get to that region, but the fact that you've you've survived and you seem to be in good health uh, playing in that region for as long as you have is is a testament to how good a coach you've been. <laughs> but, uh, but Kate, let's go to you. Um, and we are going to talk about the start of the season. It's been nice and easy for you, right? Have you looked at your coach and just been like, what are you doing to me, man? Like <laughs> two top 25 teams. You had to go on the road to Colorado. Uh, one of those top 25 teams was a 2021 national semifinalist and you're two and oh, that's got to be a good feeling right now. What, what, what are some thoughts coming out of those first two games? Yeah, all off season, you know, our, we talk about how it's in preparation for the 2022 season. And we knew the, you know, the level of play that we need to come in to the start going into camp back in summer or winter and summer workouts. We knew that the beginning of our season was going to be difficult. Um, and, you know, Colorado Mines and, and Pueblo, they're, they're, you know, high caliber teams that where you're going to have to execute on offense, defense, special teams to beat those teams like that. Like, that's just a matter of fact. So, and you mentioned about how our, our region is very unique and, and high levels of competition. So um, it's, it's necessary to play good competition in the preseason and non-conference games to, you know, hopefully put yourself in a position in the postseason, not to look too far ahead, but it is something to keep in mind, you know, given the nature of division two. So, yeah. Game one, that, that Hail Mary's tipped. And Michael Zemi catches it. What's going through your head? Just don't go in the end zone. <laughs> that's all I'm hoping for. It's <laughs> the defense. You know, <laughs> yep. 
Coach, one thing that we've spoken about last year about this team is its incredible depth. Last week alone, you had four different players rush for a score. How fun is it to coach this offense, and how big is that playbook? Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, grown um, with with the skill set of the players that we have. You know, I think um, you know last year we played three quarterbacks. Currently, we've played two. Um, obviously, Kate is the starter, but we have a we have a we have a, a guy named Avery Moore. It's got a really unique skill set, and we use him in certain situations. And we talk about our backfield, our tight ends, you know, our wide receivers. Um, you know, it's kind of cool too. Game one, uh, we had a brother brother hookup. Kate threw his a, a ball to one of his brothers, a tight end for us. So it's just a really. We have a, you know, I think everybody on the team knows that we have depth at a lot of positions, specifically on offense, and it's by design a little bit. You know, we talk about iron sharpens iron. We're we're not a one dimensional football team. We're not just an offense or defensive football team. And so when you have depth on both sides, it allows for a lot of great competition and practice. I think the other thing it does too, Bethany, is um, when you have depth at a position group, it forces people to really step up every single day and bring their best. Uh, you can't have a bad you can't have a bad day in the wide receiver room, um, you know, because there's just a lot of guys. Down and it's not an unhealthy competition. We kind of talk about you go in the backyard, you play pickup basketball with your brother, and, and it can get very feisty, but you can come in and have dinner. Like our competition is a healthy competition throughout spring ball and fall camp. And I believe that competition brings out the best in people. And so that's our job as a coaching staff is to recruit. And I tell players all the time, I never apologize for recruiting uh, depth and talent. Um, you know, the uh, Cade, Cade came into a class of quarterbacks with another one that's really good in Cal Endicott, too. And there's been a lot of competition, in my opinion, it's made both better. Um, and uh, that's something that we really believe in around here is having those elite level competition. And with our conference and our region and our schedule, you have to have that in order to be at your best. You, you touched on recruiting a little bit. And, I, you know, I think it has to say something about the character of the, the people you recruit too, right? Like you're pretty much saying, look, we're going to bring you into one of the you know, powerhouse organizations of D2, but you may not be the guy, but you're going to play. And, and that takes a special kind of person to accept that. And, and I think you've got to be looking for that, right? There's no doubt about it, Wayne. And we're very blunt. I mean, I'm a very uh, over the top, honest person, black and white. We talk about how there will be competition and nothing is uh, given. Everything is earned in our building. And so, you know, some people, um, you know, maybe don't want that. That's not what they want for their experience. And that's fine. Um, we've got we cast a wide enough net in recruiting that we can find the right types of fit and so we don't promise really anything in the recruiting process we want guys to earn it and I think that uh, you know when you have those type of athletes and those type of people we have really high character people um, you're able to have sustained success in my opinion you don't have dips you don't have highs and lows when you're trying to reach for quick fixes um, you're allowed to have that continued success and our guys do an unbelievable job academically our academic success rates graduation rates are uh, as high as they get in division two and and just taking a look at you know off to a great start it's just all kind of matches up you want highly competitive people that have a lot of self-confidence that have a lot of self-awareness a lot of self-worth um that those are the type of people i like to coach so why would i not try to recruit those type of people too yeah yeah um cave we're going to get back to you in one second but we got to ask coach about this defense because it's fun to watch I personally, Trust me, it's fun to watch on my end too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of watching Abe Swanson just tackle people. It's fun for me, but we, you know, in my articles and, and when we talk about it, we always talk about that front seven in particular, but, it, but again, it's deep, right? Does that give you a little more freedom to kind of call, you know, run these different offenses, knowing how deep this defense is that it could kind of bail you out if you need to? Yeah, I, mean, I think, the, as you said, Wayne, I think you're dead on it. Like, you know, it just, it just years to years, I've been doing this now for a long time, you know, 23 years coaching college football. And just, it, it just, we happen to have one of those years with through we're healthy. Um, we've had, you know, a lot of retention, a lot of guys have grown and developed. And, 
you take a look at our interior defensive line and we rotated a lot of different players. They've all earned the right to play. And I, you know, I think that plays dividends throughout the course of a contest because we're not wearing the same, you know, two interior defensive linemen out with 65 snaps. You know, we're able to rotate guys in and I'm hoping it pays some dividends throughout the course of the season, you know, that we're not playing the same guys all the time. And so, you know, I think the other thing too is um, because we have some veteran guys up front that have played and, uh, you know, COVID was really tough in 2020. Uh, it was really, really tough. We didn't have competition, but we really, you know, a lot of guys learned how to play football and uh, we run a lot of different fronts and we do a lot of different blitz packages and stunts and do a lot of different things. And it, it's hard to do that with redshirt freshmen. And it's hard to do that with transfers coming in. You have to have guys have been in your program. So these guys have been around, they've been in our program and it provides luxury. And, you know, the captain, of the whole thing is Abe Swanson. Uh, he's a phenomenal player. Um, you know, he is a lot of times one of the first guys to a defensive meeting and last guy to leave and, and spends a ton of time on film study. And he was a first team all conference player. I felt he was one of the best players in our conference last year as a sophomore. And there's been no complacency in his game at all. He's really picked up where he's left off and improved upon some things that he was a little bit poor at. And uh, he runs the show for us as our Mike Backer right in the middle. And uh, when you have a guy like Keith Peterson as your quarterback and Abe Swanson as your Mike linebacker, um, it, you can really build things, you know, at, at those leadership positions. It, it, it really almost forces a lot of people to kind of step up because those guys really held themselves to a high standard, and it really helps us as coaches when you have players like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just building on that, you have a stud back in Terry Reed, but several that can carry the ball, including yourself. You have this defense that is so tough. Does that help you stay comfortable back there and make things look easy? Yeah, um, I think, like, the biggest thing about it is that it's a good safety net for if something goes wrong, you know, your teammates are going to have your back. And um, that's the great thing about playing, you know, at Grand Valley is that it's not a one-dimensional team, not a one-dimensional offense. Um, you look at even last game, like Tariq had an amazing game. Avery had the ball, was running the ball well, threw it a little more in the first game. That as a quarterback is so comforting because you understand that you can find success in different ways week to week and it's not dependent on one certain thing so it's definitely nice to have and and when you have the guys you know in the building that all embrace that kind of culture that um it's anybody's game at any time and and whoever we need to step up or whatever the case is for that unique situation um it's definitely nice to have so and being a dual threat quarterback how does that style of play fit this offense so well I think it just helps with, you know, answers to when things may not be how you scouted it or um, how you prepared it to be or, you know, post snap. If the look isn't exactly where you think it's going to be, um, it allows for just another dimension for, you know what, this isn't exactly how I think it's going to be or they had a pressure come in. Just any certain you know circumstance, um, having the ability to run is, is not a, a nice get out and and um, can turn in some big plays when you need it. So, are you definitely are you a pass first guy, or are there times you just see that hole and you want to go? I feel like you got to be a pass first guy if you're a quarterback. I mean, you got to look for the pass. That's the whole point of it. But um, just I don't know, taking whatever the defense gives me and and trying to execute the highest I can, playing and playouts, just kind of the way of the game. So, yeah, yeah. So. Coach, back to you. Our, our last guest of last season was your rival, Tony Anise. And the, when I asked him about Super Region 3, his response, Bethany, if I'm sure you remember, is you just scared the heck out of me. So <laughs> let's talk about this Super Region. Ferris State, you guys, Northwest Missouri State, and Harding. 
top four. We're not even getting into SVSU, who's having a great start to the, and all the other, just those top four. What's it like making a living knowing you have to go against these guys year in and year out? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, obviously a great question, Wayne. It is what it is. You know, I, I tell our players there's things we control. We need to focus on those. I, I can't control what region that we play in. Um, you know, I have opinions on that. Obviously, I sit on the NCAA Division II football committee, so I have some opinions on some things. But, you know, I, I, uh, I can't control where we're at. And so, you know, my attitude that we've had with the team, um, and this is not just coach speak, it's not something I just say for the media, is that, you know, uh, we, we have an intense rivalry with Ferris State. There's no doubt about it. There's not a lot of love lost between the two institutions, the athletic departments and or obviously the football teams. Uh, and they won the national championship last year. And so for us, what we view that as is that we know the standard of play it takes to make it out of this region and potentially the standard of play that's going to need needed to win a, a national championship because we were on the field with that twice last year, once in the regular season and once in the playoffs. And so, you know, we don't just focus on Ferris State or we don't just focus on a specific uh, opponent in our conference or even start taking a look at the regional standings too early. We really try to focus on, okay, we know what the standard is. It's a very high bar. It's, it's the best in division two. And so we take a look at that standard and this is the standard that we know we need to operate at on, on a day-to-day basis here at Grand Valley State. And, um, you know, I would say having survived that, that the regions a couple of times and made it out, um, you definitely know that when you get to that semifinal, if you win that region, you're battle tested and you should have a lot of confidence when you head into the semifinal. And if you're fortunate enough to win that game, you should have a lot of confidence heading into the championship. And I think that uh, you guys saw, you two saw that everybody listened division two, you saw that last year with the winner of our super region, what happened in the semifinal and the national championship. So there's a yin and a yang. It's a really, really tough region. But if you make it out, um, you have a lot of confidence because you feel like you've made some of the best competition as you head down the stretch of the final four and potentially the final two standing standing in the field. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, and it's like you said, it's fun to watch, right? And and I know you said the rivalry is intense between you two, but from when you guys get to play twice in the season, from my vantage point, I love it. <laughs> I know it's a, probably a lot of stress for you guys, but it, it's definitely great football for for the fan and for those that get to watch. Well, there's no doubt about it. I completely agree, Wayne. You know, when I click on the tape, like even the first two games this year, you know, we played Carlos School of Mines and, and, and you watch the game. That was some elite football. It was really clean football. There was not a lot of personal fouls. There's not a lot of pre-snap penalties. That was like really high level division two football. And, um, and, and the same thing we play Ferris. I mean, it's the same way. It's really high level. I, I argue that some I've been around the block and seen a lot of tape. Um, there's a lot of the top division two teams that could easily hold their own with FCS opponents. There's no doubt about it. When you take a look at the quality of play, that's that division two is producing right now. So, you know, I'm, uh, we're, we're, you know, optimistic about what happens in 2022. We don't really look in the past, but there are some really good teams that have been on our schedule are coming up on our schedule. And again, it's just really making sure that we know what we have to do in order to, to match that standard. And that transitions nicely into your next question, Cade. You know, one of those teams is in your conference, Ferris State, like coaches talked about. What is game day like against them? Yeah, obviously it's a big game. Um, there's always a big crowd. It's 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 something that I think we look forward to. And um, but in the same you know token, you you have to treat it like a normal game. Um, you can't heighten your sense of urgency just because it is Fair State, the defending national championship. We understand that they're a good team. Um, and I think that they have that mutual respect for us. So it's, it's just one of those things where you have to understand that in a game like that, um, it's going to go back and forth. And it's usually about the team that can, one, be the most consistent and, and two, respond the best to win something 
when something happens that doesn't go your way. So it's always a big game. It's always a fun game. And, and we just got to do the best we can this year. This one's for both of you guys. I'm a D2 former student athlete as well. And so, uh, you know, I just, I love these podcasts and these are my favorite answers. What makes D2 so special for both of you? I'll, I'll start first and kick it over to Cade. Um, you know, I, I do think there's still some balance, Bethany, in Division II. Uh, again, like, not saying I would never coach FBS football, but I feel like uh, student athletes, the FBS football, I don't know that there's a lot of balance in regards to, uh, you know, their existence. I think that uh, because of the nature of partial scholarships, specifically in football, because of, uh, you know, we don't have over-the-top excessive resources for some of our student athletes, I do feel like our student athletes are more equipped to attack their careers and attack their personal lives, and they've been better prepared to have um, a real solid foundation as they transition out of the sport. And we have had some guys playing in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. But the vast majority of the guys that have come through here in my 19 years are doing some great things in professions other than football. And I feel like this experience is prepared from that. Sometimes, uh, you know, you get, uh, you know, student athletes at higher levels. A lot of things are handed to them. There's a lot of resources that are poured into them. There's a, sometimes I feel sometimes a lack of balance. And when that experience is over, uh, not all, but there might be potentially some struggle with that. And so that is the one thing that I do appreciate about Division Two. There's still really a sense of humility. Um, we, we were able to take a flight to Pueblo, but we had to load the plane and unload the plane ourselves. Um, as the bags were coming down the ramp, the coaches and players were pulling our travel bags in the chest. We were throwing them in our bus. And at Grand Valley State, when all the buses pull back in a road game in our facility, the head coach, the assistant coach, and every player, we unload our bus and we put all the stuff back at the end of the game. And I think there's a tremendous amount of value in that, just from a humility, um, just an understanding of, you know, work ethic and a lot of things that come into that. We say the TNTs, the things that take no talent that I think lead to success in life. I think those are reinforced here at the Division II level, uh, because, again, I think there is balance in the student-athlete's life. And one thing that I'd add to that, too, is I don't know if it's much of a Division II thing, but one thing that I've noticed about, like, especially going on my fifth year, total here at Grand Valley is is the culture that's built around a team where you do have to go through some of those humbling experiences like like we said um the the teams that I've been on here at Grand Valley have been way closer than any high school team with guys I grew up with my entire life and I don't know if I would have believed you if you told me that five years ago um but it just seems to be getting closer and closer and I think that the nature of division two and the nature of like the way that we have to go about things builds a brotherhood. And, and I will never take that for granted because I've, you know, I've made my friends for life here. Um, and each single day, every single day I get to come in here and, and, you know, work on my craft with them. So it's, it's definitely a unique experience and I wouldn't trade it for the world. So, yeah. 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 And, and as someone that's gotten to watch it for as long as I have, um, you know, it's the passion, right? It, that's what makes it fun for me to watch games is, is these guys, you could see that they're given every last ounce of sweat until that whistle blows. And it's like, it's everything you said combined into one. And, and I, I just love being able to, to cover D2 sports. Um, but that was the hard part, the, the easy part of the show, because now is the hard part of the show, because we are bringing back for the first time in 2022, the D2 Nation hot seat. Are you both ready to play? For sure. <laughs> All right, Bethany, you are going to get them started. Okay, uh, well, we'll start off a little easy for you guys. Who's your favorite football player and team? Okay, go ahead. Like any, just any 
We go in college or NFL, Wayne? Yeah, I, I I could give you I give my answer. My favorite player is Josh Allen, um, for the Buffalo Bills. Um, and then my favorite team is is definitely the Detroit Lions. Fortunately, week one didn't go how we wanted it to. But if I were to pick my favorite player, 100% be Josh Allen right now. How about you? Uh, well, here's the tough thing about being a college football coach. You don't watch any football, okay? You don't <laughs> – you get to watch none on Saturdays for the most part. And on Sundays, you definitely go here to watch. So I'm going to go back to my youth. I grew up in Colorado during the Denver Broncos heyday with John Elway and a bunch of really good players. And so I've always been a Broncos fan. Um, I – Made it to about halftime last night. This is the worst part about being the East Coast time zone is uh, that when you have to get up and you got 730 meetings. Uh, but, you know, Russell Wilson uh, switching over teams. And that was a highly entertaining game. I saw the end of it. But I'm, you know, I'm a Broncos guy because of my youth and where I grew up and, and went to a lot of games when I was growing up. So I'm always a Bronco guy. And I guess I'll just go Russell Wilson because he happens to be the quarterback of my favorite team. What did you play in, in when you played football, Coach? Um, I was in high school, uh, an average linebacker, and then I was a division three defensive end. Okay. I always tell my guys that, uh, every guy on my team was significantly better athlete than I am. Uh, but I did play division three football and, uh, a lot of great experiences. Um, I've got a group of guys that I played with this references to what Kate says that has come to every one of my last home games, regular season, home games, guys that I played with made a lot of sacrifices. And again, I think that's some of that, which you guys talked about, Wayne and Bethany, Division Two. I played Division Three. Some of those lower levels, you get really, really tight relationships. But yeah, I played Division Three football. I was a, you know, an average defensive end. <laughs> I like it. All right, it's going to start getting a little harder. Cable, we'll start with you. What's the best football movie of all time? Friday Night Lights. Wow, you got that pretty quick. How about you, Coach? Rudy, I get choked up every time. Is yeah. is what it is. The underdog. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Okay, Cade, what is in your headphones pregame? And Coach, I'll get to you in a second. What is in my headphones pregame? All right, I, I, I listen to a lot of hip-hop pregame, so I would say NBA Youngboy, Lil Baby, Gunna, those are probably the big three for me. I wasn't expecting that answer. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't know who they are. Coach, they, I, every time I ask this question, I have no idea who they, the <laughs> artists are that they <laughs> I feel like with the football guys, we either get that answer or they'll be like, it was like Lady Gaga or something. Yeah, like something crazy. <laughs> We've had some stuff like that. But okay, so coach, if you could pick the pregame playlist, what would be on it? Well, that's a great question. I, I tell you, typically on pregames, um, I try to stay busy, um, you know, because I try to keep my mind off of things. I still get, uh, I guess, a little bit nervous and uh, before games. But no, I, uh, probably gonna age myself here a little bit i'm a classic rock guy uh so when you talk about some led zeppelin you know even i guess pearl jam maybe is not considered classic rock maybe it is but i'm a huge pearl jam guy too so just a lot of like a uh, little bit of that old school rock would probably be what i'd have and that would not play well in my locker room so if there's i do that it's 100 gonna be on the airpods bethany <laughs> it's sad that we're considering pearl jam classic rock you know, it's, it is sad it is sad. <laughs> that was my college anthem <laughs> uh cable we'll start with you what's your favorite food my favorite food oh uh, like if i were to pick a dinner it'd be surf and turf i'm a huge like steak and crab legs i'm more than willing to go to the store and and buy some steaks and cook them up and spend the little extra money for me uh so yeah probably surf and turf Coach? i think that was uh jay's Lottie, the basketball players yeah, yeah, yeah. he liked like, it how, how do you get your steak cooked uh medium rare yeah, yeah, I remember you didn't like that, Bethany. You, oh, no. <laughs> you don't like medium rare? That's the best no, way to eat. You gotta go like medium at least. 
<laughs> Coach, how about you? Uh, I, I probably you know, like a lot of uh, Mexican food, you know, like tacos, uh, burritos, quesadillas, you know, put a lot of salsa on it, some uh, uh, chalupa, just whatever. I just throw a lot of stuff on and just kind of like a lot of flavors that way. Yeah, it's Taco Tuesday. I had tacos right. for, before this. <laughs> All right. Well, now I'm hungry. So, okay. Um, guys, what show is your favorite binge-worthy television or Netflix show? I think Coach Mitch and I will agree with this. Peaky Blinders is my favorite. That's my favorite for sure. I've had a couple yeah. conversations, I think, with Coach Mitch, maybe on the road about that show. Yeah, we have. I definitely, Kate and I have compared notes on Peaky Blinders. Um, love it. It's kind of dark a little bit, but cool. Um, we play football, so that's all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and along those lines, not to just take Cade's answer, we have talked about Peaky Blinders. I go with sticking from Netflix, Ozark. I think that that, again, a little bit dark, but man, it's got a lot of twists and turns in it and has been uh, uh, Jason Bateman does a great job in that show. Yeah, he's a great actor. Um, someone on the Bills, I can't remember who it was, had Peaky Blinder cleats on on opening night. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. That's a Gabe okay. Davis. <laughs> That's awesome. It was funny. Like as soon as that picture came out, I had like literally fifteen people like send that tweet to me, and they're just like, "Dude, look at these cleats! You get these because they know I'm a huge Peaky Blinders fan." Yeah, so. those are awesome. Um, all right, last one, uh, Coach. You first. If you had one superpower, what would it be? And sleeping does count. <laughs> one superpower um the ability to read people's minds i think that'd be awesome in recruiting and also coaching student athletes i think that would be really clutch if i could figure that out <laughs> kate how about you uh probably being able to teleport because when i'm in a car i get very impatient because i usually never fit so definitely <laughs> the ability to teleport or fly or something like that <laughs> nice nice well you made it through the hot seat. Congratulations. That wasn't so painful. Uh, but we do want to thank you so much for joining us, being our first guests of the new season. Um, we're going to let you go get some rest and get ready for another weekend of football. And we wish you good luck the rest of the way. Thanks. Just want to say on behalf of Grand Valley, we really appreciate you guys having us. And uh, you guys do a great job uh, covering Division II football near and dear to our hearts. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We always appreciate those kind words. And uh, thank you guys. Yeah. And before we go, remember D2 Nation, catch us on all the podcasts. You can see us on YouTube and we need your support. So like those podcasts, like those YouTube videos, give us a follow and we'll see you next week on the D2 Nation.